Amen. Good morning, Denver City. I, uh, I want to thank Ricky for planning a disciple now when we lose an hour of sleep. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, thank you for all of you for your prayers and encouragement and support for uh, the, this weekend for the students that called Jesus Savior. We had several students make that decision uh, this weekend. Um, and it's because of, of, of First Baptist Church. I, hope, I pray you know Jesus used you. And through prayer, through your, through your faithfulness and giving and all that you've done, uh, students came to know the Lord. And just thank you so much for that. I am um, uh, Daniel Dominguez. I grew up here in Denver City. Uh, I got the nickname Tiny at youth camp, and uh, it's just a nickname I try to get rid of, and now it's part of my life. Uh, my nieces and nephews even call me Theo Tiny, and so uh, it's just, anyway. Uh, um, I am uh, uh, going to share just some things with you, just some, how hard, with some, the top five hardest things for uh, a preacher to preach. And the response that you get from the church, what you guys think, what, what, whenever we're sitting where you're at, what, what we know you think, because we've been there. Uh, the fifth, I think, on the, starting from five, we're working to number one. The fifth one is when we talk about sin. Uh, when, a, when a pastor confronts sin or talks about uh, immoralities in our life and, and struggles that we have, this is, this is the mindset behind uh, that the congregation feels. They turned to the person who invited them, and they said, did you tell them I was coming? Uh, and so kind of a wall gets built up with people. The next one is discipleship. Uh, when we talk about it, it's important for us to get connected uh, into the church, why the church is important, uh, about having someone invest into you while you invest into other lives, uh, and, and the importance of that, that in the church. The mentality behind that, people here, is... Uh, you don't know my life. I'm busy. I got stuff to do. You want me to, to make a commitment? No. I'll, later, you know, kind of mentality. And the wall comes up. The next one is when we talk about evangelism and the importance of us sharing the gospel message. Uh, several people in congregation turn back and look at the pastor and say, oh, great, you want me to do your job? Uh, that's why we're paying you, preacher. Uh, you go make the visits. You go to the houses. You go to the places. And you do that. Number two is tithe and offering and why it's important for us to be faithful in that. Uh, several people in the congregation sometimes when they, their wall comes up and they think, always about money with these guys. Always about money. That's all they care about. And then the number one hardest thing to preach about is uh, forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness, uh, man, I don't know what it is about when we preach about forgiveness, but people hear a four-letter word when they hear forgiveness. And a wall comes up. Uh, whether it's for us to be people who are faithful and forgiving or for us to receive the forgiveness that Jesus has had, we struggle with that. Um, and and we, I've seen it. I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me as a pastor and a preacher, you know what, if you don't understand the things I've done and the mistakes I've made and the failures I have, God, God can't forgive me. God won't forgive me. Or 
the, the hurt that we have with people who've hurt us and wronged us, people who've caused us tears, people who, who've made fun of us and, and abandoned us. You know, for a long time, there was a girl at my church in Community Heights who would not come to church on Father's Day because she had no reason to celebrate that. And she was hurt with her dad. And so for a long time, because of her, her struggle with forgiveness, she, she would literally miss church. On per, it, it was known she was not going to come to church on Father's Day because she couldn't give up with, with that and move forward in that. Man, when we, I want you to grab hold of this, and I need you to, to understand this this morning, is when we talk about being truly free, you need to understand that one, one of the things that the Lord uses to free us is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. It's for, forgiveness from our sins that we're able to say hallelujah to him. And then when we forgive others, that we're able to rejoice and be set free. Now, some of, the, of us in this room think and have this mentality, maybe we've even said this, you know what, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. I've heard a, a comedian one time say this. He said, you know, you can't do it the other way. He wasn't even a, a Christian comedian. He said, you can't, you can't forget and, 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 and still hold on to a wrong. You know, people say, oh, I forgive you, but I won't forget. You can't say, well, I, f- I forgot what you did, but I'm still mad. You know, that, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't connect. Uh, and understanding that if we're going to forgive, then we choose not to hold that against somebody. But when we say the words, I won't forget, you haven't forgiven. And, and we, we, we allow the lack of forgiveness in our life to stop us from being people who are free. Let me tell you what's happened before in my life personally. I, there's been times where I've, I've been hurt with someone or upset with someone, and I find out they're going to be somewhere. Let's say someone at my church is going to have a, a birthday party, and, they, and I hear that so-and-so so is going to be there, and I'm, I'm hurt with them. I go, oh, well, if so-and-so is going, I'm not going. Um, you know what? I'm not, I, I'd rather not go if, if so-and-so is going to be there. I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to be upset. I'll honor God by not going. Do you think the person who, who I'm hurt with and angry with, is, you think they, they don't know? Do you understand? They get to have birthday cake while I'm at home not eating? I want cake too. You see, when we're free and we, we understand, when we're able to forgive people and grab hold of that forgiveness, we're set free and we can enjoy life. So many of us are struggling and enjoying the life Jesus has given us because we have not been people who forgive. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another... And forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, they should forgive, just as the Lord has forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as also. 
God has forgi- Christ forgave you. You know, Paul wrote these passages in prison. In chains. As he's trying to find ways to encourage the church and to help the church receive freedom in, in their life and understanding that the burdens that they carry uh, shouldn't, should not be a part of their life because of what Jesus has done for us. That these, these things that we carry no longer have to be carried by us. He, rem- he reminds us the beauty of being, being gentle, being humble, being in Christ, being the way he's called us to be and in forgiveness. And he, con- he continued to say in, 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 in his letters about the beauty of what it means to be forgiven. Understand you are called to forgive because you have been forgiven. You have, you have been called to forgive because you have been forgiven. Listen to this, church. You need to rejoice and thank Jesus that he has forgiven you, that he's forgiven your sins and your shortcomings and your struggles and the things that you've done against him and the things that you've done even though you know better and the things that you've done because of anger or the things that you've done because of sadness or the things that you've done because of, of, of trying to, to, to impress people instead of trying to honor God. He says, I have forgiven you. But I've also called you to be people who forgive. I uh, live in Lubbock now, but I'm still a small town boy. I'm still Denver City's home. And one thing about Denver City being home is no matter how far you are, um, Denver City news spreads. And by news, I mean gossip. Because there's not a whole lot of news happening except for uh, when teams win or, or lose or things like that or people get elected to things or stuff. But man, when there's some drama happening in Denver City, oh, that spreads. Other people, in Denver, other people from Denver City know, you know, whether it be through social media or through, or, or through you, you, hey, guess what happened? Or my favorite is, hey, pray for so-and-so. Why? Because, and then, woo-hoo, you know, kind of, I mean, oh, Lord, be with them. That's what I meant, right? <laughs> and so I know in Denver City, I'm going to be real with you, and I'm going to be honest. I know in Denver City there's been struggles. I know in Denver City there's been families that have been, that have been torn apart. I know in Denver City there have been marriages that have gone through infidelities. I know in Denver City that there has been there have been struggles that parents have had with their children and ch- children have had with their parents. I know in Denver City there have been families who worship together in the same building but don't worship together because of the distance between them spiritually and in community. And we struggle with these things, with being able to forgive others because of the hurt that we carry because of what's happened. And we teach our children, we want them to know what it means to forgive, but yet we struggle with forgiving their other parent for the hurt that they caused us. We want to teach our children to be able to grab hold of the freedom that Jesus brings in forgiveness, yet we won't forgive that family for situations and struggles that they caused us. 
or we won't forgive because we feel like the hurt is still real. It feels like it's still there. That the that when when whenever we that stuff gets brought up again, we 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 relive it. And it's, it's, it's as if it hasn't passed on, that we haven't moved forward. And so many of us are stuck in our life and be not being able to move more into Christ because of the fact we struggle with forgiving. Because we've forgotten that Jesus forgives us. Do you, do you know that you've been forgiven? Because maybe some of us have struggled with that. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me that. I've, I've shared it. Tiny, you don't know. You don't know what I've done. I've shared here a few years ago about a, a girl who, who uh, was going to church with me in Fort Worth, and on the phone, she began to mention, to, as she got angry with me on the phone. People get angry with me on the phone a lot easier than they do in person. Uh, it's amazing how people can, in person, when I'm standing beside them, people are a lot nicer. On the phone, people get brave. And this young lady um, who told me, she called me after coming to visit our church, she called me and thanked me for the church being so nice to her and to her, to her little girl. And she said that it would be the last time that she would be coming to our church. And I said, well, did something happen? Did somebody at our church offend you? He said, no, no, no. Everyone was great. I enjoyed it. It was nice. It's just, she goes, Tiny, the young adults from your church, they, they're good people and they don't need me to go in and corrupt them. And I go, how would you do that? We had a great time fellowshipping with you and everyone enjoyed you. Yeah, tell me, but they don't know my life. And I go, it doesn't matter. They, they love you. No, no, but Tiny, you don't know what I've done. And I go, to her, her name was, her name's Paula. And I go, Paula, it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus loves you. She goes, no, no, Tiny, that works with the people who, that you have at your church because of how nice their life is and what they've done. But don't tell that to me. I said, but Paula, it's the, it's the same as it's true for them, it's true for you. She goes, Tiny, no, you don't know what I've done. I go, it doesn't matter. She goes, she goes stop it. You don't know what I've done. And she started raising her voice. People raise their voice a lot quicker on the phone with me than they do in person. And I go, it doesn't matter. And then she began to name the things. And she starts and she goes, Tiny, I've done this. And I go, it doesn't matter. Jesus still loves you and he forgives you. No, Tiny, I've done this. It doesn't matter. Jesus still loves you and he forgives you. No, Tiny, you don't know what I put my family through. I did this to them. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you and he still forgives you. And she began to name things. And please understand that the human side of me, as I was hearing this, I heard and I was like, you did what? I was just in shock of some of the things that she was naming and some of the things she was saying. I couldn't believe someone that, had, that I knew would have done some stuff like that. But it didn't change my answer or my response, and it didn't change the truth behind it. Jesus still loves her and still forgives her. 
in spite of her sins, in spite of her failures, in spite of the things that she went through, in spite of the things that she caused, in spite of the people she hurt, Jesus still loves her. And she began to cry on the phone. And I told her, Paula, and for you to, you need to understand this. For you to be set free, you have got to grab hold of the forgiveness that can only come from Jesus. You have to stop living in captivity of your sins and let G- understand that Jesus has set you free and live life as somebody who's free. And I go, what an amazing testimony it would be for you to your little girl. For her to see that her mom may have failed and may have struggled, but Jesus forgave her and has set her free. And that one day when your little girl feels at her worst, she'll be able to remember that Jesus forgave you and Jesus can also forgive her. The freedom that comes. Paul understands this. And he says, you have got to be people who understand the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. And we have to live knowing that we forgive people who wrong us. Not when they say sorry, when they wrong us. Did you hear that? Not when they say sorry, when they wrong us. We forgive. That's, oh, that got a little warm in here for that one, right? In the middle of our hurt, you want me to forgive? No, Jesus does. You know how I know? Because in the middle of his hurt, he forgave us. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. In the middle of his grief, in the middle of being rejected, and in the middle of feeling alone and abandoned, in the middle of hearing the people that he, that he healed, the people that he brought hope to, the people who, he, who were mourning that he brought life to and, and, and did all these amazing things to, and that the, the same very people who were in Jerusalem began to yell and cry out, crucify him, crucify him, where's your God now? If you're the son of, if you're the true son of God, why don't you call him down to save you? And Jesus forgave them in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his struggle. He forgave them. And we're called to forgive just like him. My desire is that you would be able to be people who know what it's like to be set free. That you would know what it's like to be able to say, and maybe, maybe today this is what you need to do. Maybe today you need to say, Jesus, I know the sins I have before you and I'm sorry. And I thank you that you forgive me. Or maybe your prayer needs to be, Jesus, Your Holy Spirit has brought conviction on me this morning, and I understand and I know that I need to forgive. And maybe you need to name the people you need to forgive by by name. And maybe you're here and you're still holding on to a lot of hurt, and you need to say, Jesus, give me strength. I can't. But with you, I can. Because you know what other scripture Jesus 
that, that proclaimed Jesus that Paul wrote in prison? Philippians 4.13. And I, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He wrote that in prison, not after winning a Super Bowl, not after the World Cup, not after any uh, victory. He, he wrote it in the middle of suffering. And he knew that even through this, I can handle this because it's not my strength, it's his. And maybe this morning you need to call on his strength and say, Jesus, I want to honor you. I want to be set free. Help me to forgive. Maybe some of you today need to go to someone and seek forgiveness from them. I love that Jesus puts it, puts it on that. I love that Jesus teaches whenever someone wrongs us, we forgive. But whenever we wrong someone, we go and we seek forgiveness. Because we, we, we handle that a little different, right? We, ha we handle it like this. This is the way we've handled it. Hey, you've wronged me. You, I don't know if you know this, but last week when you said this and this and this, I was offended. I think you owe me an apology. And then, oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I forgive you now. Go in peace. Right? Or when we wrong someone... This is the mentality we have. Well, they know I was kidding. They know, they know I love them. They know I was mad. They know I go crazy sometimes. And we use these justifications to, to not allow forgiveness to happen. Listen to this. Some of us in this room, we know we've wronged people. We know there's people. Maybe it's your children that need to hear from you, hey, I'm sorry. Maybe they need to hear this. I'm sorry for the tension that I've caused in our home. I'm sorry that this place has not been, a, our family has not been a place of worship. But I want you to hear this. Because of the fact that I'm grabbing hold of forgiveness, I want you to know that I'm sorry. But from now on, we're going to be a family living set free because we remember Jesus has forgiven us as we forgive others who've wronged us. Maybe you need to stand before your children and say, I'm sorry. Maybe there's, there's kids in this room that need to go to their parents and say, I am so sorry that for the way I, I have been with you. I'm so sorry for the lack of, of honor I've given to you. I'm so sorry for the eye roll, the shrugging of shoulders, or the what about you comments I make. I think I'm hitting home with some people. Or the, in a minute that still, we haven't thrown the trash out yet. It's been three weeks. And we need to seek forgiveness. This morning, my prayer is that you would grab hold of that victory. Oh, I love that song. And we're going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And the victory that we need to see, it comes, Lord, because of the fact that you've called us to be people to grab hold of your forgiveness and to forgive. I want to be set free. Stand with me.
Church, I've been doing this with our students. I'm going to ask that you would uh, do this with us this morning. I'm, that you would, before you bow your head and close your eyes, that you would kind of get a little bit of room between you and the person next to you, and then that you would bow your head and close your eyes. Just kind of, I, I really want you to spend time with God and you. And once you find your spot, if you would bow your head and close your eyes. Because honestly and truly, there's people in this room here who come here and worship, and you leave this place, and every Sunday, you think, maybe this needs to be the last time I come. Man, I see those people worshiping Jesus. But I can't. Because of my past and what I've done. How could Jesus ever forgive me? How could I find peace? I don't deserve hope. I don't deserve victory. The victory and the beauty of this is you don't get to receive it because you deserved it. You get to receive it because God is faithful. And he loves you. this morning if you're here and you need to seek forgiveness from God I just want you to raise your hand and just put it down quickly I just want to say a prayer for you God bless 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 you Amen God bless you God bless you God bless you Now, as you rose your hand and you've confessed, I want you to speak to him. And I want you to tell him, Jesus, this morning you have spoken to me and I've heard about your forgiveness and I need it. I'm sorry. And maybe you need to name the things that you're sorry for. And then when you're done praying, you need to trust that he has forgiven you not because of a preacher but because Jesus promised us that he does this morning if you're here and you're holding a burden against someone and you need to forgive them Maybe someone in this room, maybe someone not here, but you know you need to forgive someone. And they've caused you hurt. Please, please understand, I'm not making light of the hurt that they've caused you, the tears that you've cried, the anger that you've got. I'm not making light of that. I'm not saying that that wasn't a big deal. What I'm saying is that Jesus' forgiveness is bigger. And the promise that he has is better. So this morning, if there's people that you have been holding a grudge against, holding, uh, 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 moving forward and forgiving them, I'm going to ask that you, if you you know this is you, that you would raise your hand. If you know you're holding something against someone, raise your hand and put it back down. Just raise your hand and put it down. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask that you forgive them. 
that you forgive them. And maybe you need to say, Jesus, give me strength. Be my strength as I'm trying to be faithful to you and I need to forgive them. How many of you know that there's people you've wronged and you need to seek forgiveness from them? Will you raise your hand? Don't let today end without going and telling them that you're sorry. If they're here in this room, don't, don't let the song that the band's about to sing end without going to that person and telling them that you're sorry. Because let me tell you, there's some parents in this room that will say hallelujah because of that. There are children in this room that will praise Jesus because of that. It's amazing how Jesus will use those words to bring healing and restoration. Today, if you need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come and talk to Pastor Kyle or Pastor Ricky. If you made a decision this weekend to our D-Now kids, man, don't let that be silent. Come up here, talk to Ricky, talk to, to, to Pastor Kyle. Let them know the decision that you made. This, if you trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you would let them know so that they can pray with you and just kind of let you know about the next steps. But church, above all, I want you to hear this. You have been set free grab hold of the freedom that we have in Christ, that our bondage that was once there, the chains that held us, the things that try to hold our heart, the things that try to stop us from being people who would lift our hands and sit and praise and lift our voices in praise, no longer have power over us because Jesus is our power and Jesus is our strength and Jesus is our victory and he's our hope and he's our peace and he's our savior. And because of him, we get to say we are victorious. We are victorious because we are under a victorious God who will never, ever, ever be defeated. That's my Jesus. Will you take time to worship him now? Church, the altar is open if you need to come up to the front and you need to pray. Or if you need to move and go to someone and ask them for forgiveness, maybe you need to grab your family and, and, and you just need to pray together. However the Lord encourages you at this time to honor and glorify him, this is your time with your God. Enjoy. Enjoy.